You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome to another edition of the Star Seminar. And now, your co-hosts, a couple of men who enjoyed spending the summer sucking the academic teeth. It's Dr. Danny Phantom. And Dr. Rabble Rouser. Dr. Phantom, how are you today? Oh, you know, I'm just uh, filled up with goodness. You know, I'm excellent. Uh, I'm excited because uh, today marks the beginning of uh, my vacation, which will, I will have nine days off. Um, so that's, Very nice. that's a nice time. Uh, of course, a lot of it is going to be spent... Uh, trying to put together a fence that I have been so dreaded, for, you know, for for a long time, but uh, nonetheless, you know, that will be what garners my attention for the for the most part during this time off. But I'm looking forward to you know the Fourth of July weekend. It's a fun time, you know, be able to spend a little bit of time with friends and family and uh, and enjoy that time. You know, it's it's America's holiday, you know, and it's a you know as a fan of America's team, it's you know just a a great time, and uh, actually, I was actually thinking I would not be a fan of the Dallas Cowboys if it wasn't for the fact that those that the Cowboys were America's team in the sense of you know, but in the late seventies, and that's when you know they they rose to popularity, and uh, you know they were on every you know on every TV, and because I'm you know I I'm not I'm from California, and my other teams are California teams, but not football because you know they just weren't on it, and the Cowboys were so. I am uh, just, I'm very happy that the Cowboys were America's team. I, I don't care so much now, you know, and I know there's a lot of people that are just, it's very controversial when, you know, people talk about that. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think about, I mean, we, we all know what Tom Landry thinks about the Cowboys getting labeled that, but what do you, what do you think about um, the Cowboys being America's team? Oh, still a lot of things. Uh, I would say, first of all, they aren't America's team anymore, um, or at least not for any of the reasons that they were then. And so, so you're right. They were America's team for a lot of reasons. They were on TV all the time. I, I grew up actually in Northern California and then Southern California. I, mean, I always remember that the Raider games were on in the afternoons and the Charger games were on in the afternoons. 49ers were really bad when I was growing up. That's before the, uh, the Bill Walsh era. And mm-hmm. so they were on, but not that often. And so the morning game was almost always the Cowboy game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Cowboys were a really interesting, fun, wild team, lots of comebacks or exciting team. And, 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 you know, that was one of the reasons why they were so popular. But the reason they got the moniker America's team was, of course, because NFL films went, you know, went to film their games. And, and every time they, they went to visiting stadiums, there were cowboy fans everywhere. And they were like, oh my God, every city has cowboy fans. That, that was an era in which fandom was very, very local, you know? And so the fact that the Cowboys fans, I don't think they even necessarily traveled. I think the Cowboys just had fans everywhere and they would come out to see them. And I think that um, that was really unusual at the time. You know, now oftentimes stadiums are many times 50 50 and and you know i think for for teams that travel really well if they're playing at you know at a stadium with a team that's not particularly popular at that moment there can actually be more visiting fans than home fans um so i think the reasons 
why they were named America's team. It was, you know, it was, as you know, it was the title of like their, I don't know, was it, was it this 1976 highlight film from NFL films? Uh, might've been that year. That was the year they wore the, the striped helmets. Uh, but, you know, that, that, that's been kind of an object of derision from, for, by rival fans for a long time for, you know, for several reasons. One, one of which is incorrect. You know, oh, I can't believe they call themselves America's team. Well, they never actually called themselves right. America's team. Right. You need to shut up, buddy. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, um, all of the things that made them popular, that made them so fun to watch, that made them the, that team, haven't been in place for 20 years. Right. I mean, they've been good, but they haven't been good like that, mm-hmm. you know, where they were so consistently good every year. Um, well, you know, won the division, you know, swept the, swept the East almost every year. I mean, they were really good. There was, you know, the Redskins were okay for a couple of years. The Cardinals were okay for a couple of years, but um, the hated Eagles and Giants were, were rotten every year throughout the 70s, which was fantastic. And so, um, but that hasn't, hasn't, been, hasn't, hasn't been the case. They, they, they're still popular, but the, the, the weird ironic thing about the Cowboys is they're still the most popular team. But they've done nothing to earn that popularity other than being popular. Hmm. Whereas that America's team earned that popularity in an, in an era in which fandom was distinctly local, they became the first national team. Yeah. That's not easy to do. That's Tech Shram marketing the heck out of the team and being a genius, but it's also those players on the field offering a singular product and a a singular way of playing an exciting and refreshing way of playing that is not this team yeah i um i agree with you but i think you you kind of you know brushed over a very important part you know talk about shram and his marketing and we wonder like how how the cowboys sustain that because they earned it back then because they were great i mean you know how many times they consecutive times they went to the playoffs and even to this day, I don't know. I, I have to go look. It could be Chicago or maybe it's Green Bay now. But as far as winning percentage, even to this day, the Cowboys are are one of the most they have the highest winning percentage. If if not the highest, they're like right there neck and neck with Green Bay or something like that. I don't know. And it could change every week. But so so you know they they've kept that winning to so to where they still have that you know accomplishment. But I do think you know as far as the, the, you talk about them being popular. And then we have to give credit to, to good old Jerry Jones, and he he has told, he has marketed that team to where I mean the Cowboys are an icon. It's like anybody coming over, or, yeah. you, or you want to pick a team or something. You're probably going to be a Yankee fan, you know. And the, the Cowboys are an, are, are an icon, so it's like I saw so it to me. I feel like it's yeah, it was earned in the '70s, but it's still held because they have not let go. Of their, the popularity is still there. They're still. We know how much money they make. We know how much money they, they bring in with you know merchandise and stuff. So, if if someone wants to call themselves America's team, then they need to be the most popular team in America. And then and then um, you know, then I'll listen to you. But I, to me, I think it's you know because you could easily say it should go to the Patriots. They've been clearly the most dominant team in, in the last twenty years. And you know, look at the, the Patriots. You know, for crying out loud. So why not them? But uh. You know what? I still think you, you know you have to you have to just pass the Cowboys in popularity if if you really want to call yourself America's team. Because look at it this way: I mean, we got the largest fan base, and it comes with we are the most hated fan base because you know you either like the Cowboys mm-hmm. or you hate them. It's there's really no oh, yeah they're all right to me. I mean, but mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just think I think that I don't really care about it. I don't really listen to everybody try to say they don't they're not. They shouldn't be America's team. I'd say, well, you know what? Do you know you be the most? You buy some more gear of your team then, if you know you want to be out, you know, out popular the Cowboys. Because right now it's the Cowboys still are the poo. You people, people are still talking about them. You know, you turn on the shows. It don't matter how many wins they get. They just want to talk about them. So stop talking about them then. Yeah. So that's that's my I told, feeling. I will say one thing: like Jerry Jones inherited the most popular team, mm-hmm. and he, and and he also. And because they were the most popular team at a moment in which the, the NFL was becoming national and was no longer a, as regional in, in, in its conception as it had been, 
I think it's an open question. I mean, yes, he's a, he's a really strong marketing mind, et cetera. But it's, I think it's also an open question how much of his marketing has increased their popularity or, or affected their popularity versus how much they're just always on TV because they're popular. So the, the way that TV works and, and the way that TV's relationship with the NFL works, where there's so many, there's so many like, you know, outside of the typical Sunday, you know, two time slot games, et cetera. There's all these sort of primetime games. Um, and the Cowboys, you know, I mean, they're, you know, the networks are clamoring for the Cowboys to be in as many of those as the NFL will allow every year, et cetera. I, this is why I say, I think they're popular because they're popular and, and they've been, they've been popular since Jones took over the, the, the team. And obviously they got more popular in, in the immediate wake of his purchasing the team because Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys were, I will go to my grave saying the best team, um, I think the best team in, in, in NFL history, and that will change only if free agency changes. Um, but I really honestly don't know how much his marketing has, has impacted their popularity because I think that, I think the fact that they're always on TV and as you say, they're always being talked about. Um, I think, I think he could be, you know, he could be a member of the Brown family and they might still be the most popular team. Well, I want to say this though, to I mean, the Cowboys aren't as good as they were. We all know that. We know it's been forever, you know, 20, 26 years or whatever. But tell you what, they're they're not dreadful. They're not bad. No, no, and no. and and no. You know, we just saw not too long ago, look, oh, last year, the year before last, they got flexed out of of a game because you know they were they were bad. But you know, they still you know they're 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 still being put on because they're still a good team and it's, it's not just their history. That's doing this. I think the Cowboys have had, even though they, they haven't been they're won the Super Bowl, they still bring with them a lot of, a lot of hype, a lot of, uh, a lot of almost a lot of expectations. And I think that just, that, that's a big draw. And um, so they're, that they're going to show them they're going to, I mean, it's, you know, you got it. It's the money speaks. So, I mean, when the Cowboys are getting flexed out of a game, that's because they want, a more watchable there it's it's not it's because that's where the money is and and yeah yeah, so, yeah no i mean if they get flexed out you know there's there's a there's a really interesting confluence of factors there that's unusual because the, the, they don't they do not want to flex them out right the game right they, you know that's guaranteed fan base yeah so um, so are you familiar with bob sturm's annual uh nfl franchise ranking no so Bob Sturm, um, the great Bob Sturm of the, the ticket in Dallas, who also writes for the athletic, uh, does this every year. He used to do it on his blog and now he does it for the athletic every year. And basically what he does is he ranks the franchises um, and he gives them points for various accomplishments. So, you know, you get more points if you win the Super Bowl and, and fewer points if you get to the championship game, et cetera. And I don't remember what the breakdown is for points, but let's say you make the playoffs, you get one point, and if you you know get to the next round, you get three, and that kind of thing. So when when he started this 26 years ago, the Cowboys had a seemingly insurmountable lead. They were so far after the dominant teams of the um, 70s, and then the and then the dominant teams of the 90s. They had had two unprecedented like you know dynasties. And, and they were so far ahead of everybody. And, and, and there was nobody who was even close. And they're still in the top five, but they're in the top five largely because of, they had such a huge lead. So, yes, they, you're right. They, they're not a losing team. They're not the 1970s Eagles and Giants. Um, but they're, they're not even comparable to that team. To those teams, you know, that made the playoffs twenty out of twenty-one years, and and, and all that kind of thing, and 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 dom absolutely just dominated, uh, dominated, uh, you know, in an, in their era, uh, and so the Cowboys are still, you know, they're still up there, they're still popular, and we've talked about this before. They still win, um, they just haven't gotten over the hump, but they're not, they're they're not that team. They're just not. Um, and, and so, you know, Sturm talks about that all the time. He sort of talks about like, you know, where they were and, and how many teams that were so far behind them, particularly San Francisco and New England have, and, and to some degree, Green Bay, because Green Bay has been really good in that same period, have caught up and eclipsed them. And, um, you know, they've been good enough to stay in the top five, but they've not been a dominant franchise. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, if the Cowboys could ever get over this hump and... Um... Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I also will say that because of their popularity, I believe that that actually, you know, negatively impacts them when it comes to the salary cap. I really think that, that the popularity of the Cowboys means that agents always have some kind of avenue to point out that their guy is an all pro or got so many all pro votes or pro bowl votes or votes to this team or that team because fans vote for those for those players because they're cowboys and i feel like their popularity means that they're overpaying for their guys all the time because their guys are always overrated just by virtue of the fact that they're cowboys and by overrated i don't mean necessarily by league analysts i mean just there are there are metrics out there that agents can turn to to talk about how how good a player is or you know like i said you know especially if it comes to like all-star voting and things like that mm-hmm. where those things are to some degree popularity contests and so jerry's marketing of the team does keep the team in the news and it keeps the team talked about jerry's own personal life keeps the game keeps the team talked about but it ultimately ends up costing the team because in a salary cap era, you actually want your guys to be underrated. And I think they're overrated. I think they have to overpay for guys because of their, there's, a, there's a popularity tax that, that all, well, all, all of his players, that he has to pay for them. Do you th- all, would you also say at the same time there's a, popul- you know, a popularity bonus to being part of the Cowboys because of the endorsements that are more available to a, a team so uh, recognized as the Cowboys? Sure, but that doesn't help the salary cap. I mean, if if the players were consistently taking a pay cut because they knew that those endorsements were going to be rolling in, then yes. But I, I, I thus far haven't seen that. I mean, have you have you seen anybody do that? Well, I don't know, but who knows? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. So, it, I mean, so yes, it can be an incentive and a draw that the, the the Joneses use to bring players or to keep players or or whatever. But last time I checked, no, no agents are buying that, and and um, and you know taking that. Um, I mean, yes, they're, they're, they're buying it for their, for their players, but that doesn't mean they're, they're taking pay cuts as a result. So I, I think that, and the other thing is like, where's Zach Martin's endorsements? I don't see Zach Martin's endorsements. Where's his endorsement money? I don't know. I, but I think they're probably overpaying him. I mean, he's, he's a great player, but I think they're probably, there's, I think they're still paying a Cowboys tax for him. Hmm. And then maybe, you know, maybe only one or 2%, but that one or 2% is a couple of really good special teamers every year. Yeah. Well, we got money. What does it matter? Cowboys have money. Yeah, but the salary cap's also a real thing. Are you sure about that? I feel like we had this discussion before. And... It's a it's a real thing. I, it, you can you can mess with it, but the money does. It, it, the money is not fake. All right, you convinced it, me. It's just it's just it's just plastic. Anyway, so um, I, as you can tell, I, I, as I said when, when we started this conversation, I have a lot of thoughts about America's team. I I think there's I love the reasons why they were initially named America's team. I, um, I don't believe that many, if any of those continue to apply. So when the name is continued to apply, it's really just about the fact that they're popular, you know, they're they're like the influencer who's got the good TikTok, but that is meaningless, and I, that's not why I watch football, and that's not why I love the Cowboys. Yeah, well, they. I tell you what, the those helmets are very alluring, and seeing that that star. Um, oh my on god! Them, it's just... I, every year, every year when the first the first preseason game when they come out in those unis, my heart just does a little dance. I yeah. Mean, I can't help it. I so love it. I love those unis. Speaking of the star, what's on the star seminar today? Can you run us down oh, with what we're going nice, to do? Nice transition. Uh, yeah, today we're going to discuss um, a range of outcomes for the 2022 Cowboy team, meaning we're going to imagine what would need to happen for this team to be hoisting the Lombardi in February, as well as what could possibly go wrong that would make this an unbearable, unwatchable, like, historically bad oh, oh, season. We don't want to do that. But before we get to that, before we get to that, um, I mean, maybe we won't do that. Maybe we'll just stick with the with the happy news. But 
Um, if we want to run the full gamut, that, that, that is on the table. All right. Uh, but before we get to that, are there any news stories this week? What's, what's going on in the news? You know, there's not. It's a slow news week, but we did want to mention that the Cowboys did release their training camp dates. Mm. So we have 13 practices, although there are a couple that are like, I think, with working in scrimmages with um, the Chargers, I believe. So I'm not sure if what uh, their availability is. But nonetheless, things will kick off uh, July 27th. Uh, there will be a four-day stretch, uh, 28th, 29th, and 30th. They will have a Sunday off, and then on August 1st, they will go for a six-day stretch, the 1st through the 6th. Again, they will have Sunday off and then finish things off Monday, August 8th, then 9th and 10th. The last day in Oxnard will be on Wednesday, August 10th. So the dates are there if you... Uh, have questions about that? There will be something over. You can find uh, blogging the boys. Will have those dates available. Uh, I've tweeted them out uh, last night. So, uh, so yeah, that's what's going on training camp wise. Um, I don't know when you what uh, you know you you set your calendar for. I know that you're planning on being there, but uh, that gives you a nice little uh, yeah windows to look at. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there the first few days of camp. I think that. Um... You know, I like to be there for the first padded practice and, and hang out for you know a couple of those early early uh, camp practices. I'm a little I'm a little um, surprised. Six day stretch that's that's a lot of practices in a row. I I, I would bet some of those days are going to be very very light, or there'll be learning days, or there'll be walkthrough days, or something. Because uh, I, I've never seen six days of padded practices in a row. That that's unusual. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe in the mix there is with the scrimmage, and they'll probably end up like break in the, on the either side of the day will be it's exactly what you're saying probably something light and um so yeah but uh that's like a, like, like a walkthrough in shells or something right. there'll be something there yeah mm-hmm. so okay. well that makes a little bit more sense yeah so what i'm curious about rabs it will people be watching in, in camp will they be watching a glimpse of the next super bowl champions or will they be watching a bunch of imposters um you know that's what we'll have to find out with this season and so for today, I wanted to actually go through a best case, worst case scenario, and I want to play a game with you. I want to, we're gonna, oh. we're gonna call this Cowboys Family Feud, you know, which is actually really easy to do if if you want to see Cowboys Family fight with each other, you know, just put a question on Twitter and there it goes. So, so how this is gonna watch work? The, watch the fur fly. <laughs> yeah, watch the fur fly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so how this is gonna work is so I, I recently uh, posted a question on Twitter. That got exactly 200 responses. Imagine that, 200 exactly. Uh, from those responses, I have selected my favorite five answers. So, Rabs, not only are you gonna are you gonna be trying to provide good answers to these questions to this question, but you also have to consider these are the answers that I like, and it comes from a fan base. You know that you know we're all over the place. So just keep that in mind. So does that makes sense to you. Are you ready for this? Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to predict what the 200 fans said, or, or I'm, I, in some ways I'm trying to predict which of the fans, the 200 fans' responses you like the most. Exactly. Yeah. That, okay. That is what you're trying to do. I got to get inside the head of Danny Phantom. You should have a good idea. I mean, if if, if there's going to be someone that could guess this, I figured you would. All right. Be All right. One of the you know, but also too you know I'm I'm um it's from the choices that I was given too. So there's you know. Sure. Sure. All right. Okay. Let's let's play. That sounds great. This is a fun game. Okay, so top five answers on the board. I pulled 200 fans, and I asked them to close your eyes and envision the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl for the 2022 season. In that scenario, what do you think is the biggest storyline that offers the greatest impact on catapulting the Cowboys to the top? Um, Dak has a, a, a like a, a career all pro like transcendent season. Dak, so things are Dak is Daktastic. Is that your answer? Yeah, Daktastic. Let's do that. All right. Survey says. All right, that is the number two answer. Mm. That is. I I, I I will play. We'll play, Danny. We'll play. <laughs> we'll play. We're gonna play. Okay. All right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that's. A pretty easy one. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody, the, the opinions on Prescott are all over the place. I mean, we, we know how fans perceive him and how the media perceives him and everything. And 
I mean, from anywhere to being, you know, average to great. But to me, I do think that, you know, I, I for the, for the Cowboys to, to to win the Super Bowl, I really think it's going to be one of those where where Prescott really just takes us, just really shines. And it's not to say that he he doesn't play well, you know, in, in playoff moments. And, you know, he's he's never the reason that, I mean, I don't look at him and think, well, he cost us. Or, but I do think that there aren't times when, um, you know, he just doesn't, like, elevate. And uh, so and, and so I want to just to shout out to one of the answers. This is from uh, Cody Elkins that says his answer is, Dak providing that Rodgers-Brady-like ability to carry the team to victory in the playoffs. So that's that seems fair to me. I mean, do, do you agree? Yes. Um, although I I will also say that I think Rodgers and Brady's ability to do that is overrated. I think that when they're doing that, they're doing that because they're playing. Uh, they're they're oftentimes playing within the system. I don't I don't know that a quarterback can quote unquote elevate his team. I mean, I think conditions have to be right for a quarterback to to succeed. And, you know, a quarterback has to have protection. The quarterback has to be playing within the system. The quarterback has to be, you know, and, and the signal caller has to be on the same page. I mean, there's lots of things that have to happen. But, yes, for, for the most part, I, I would agree with that. And, and, and I don't think Dak is particularly far from being able to do that. Right, no. I, mean, I think, I think, I think he, he, if, if, he's, if he's supported, um, then I think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw, like, that Seattle game when the the Cowboys won the playoffs, you know, and I think in 2018, where I mean, yeah, I mean he was he 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 took that team on his shoulder. That's the other thing. Like, are you kidding me that he can't elevate a bad team? He he carried that that team on his shoulders in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and when, when they pulled away and won the game, and I think that could be the difference. Sometimes it's like just that quarterback that just has a game out of his mind, or just like makes that one throw, or makes that one play, and uh, you know, and I think that I think that's what we would need to see you know, for, yeah. for the Cowboys to, to win the big game. All right. So that's the number two answer. So throw another one at me. Um, well, this is, this is the personal one. I don't know. I don't know if Cowboys nation feels this way, so, but I'm prepared to, to take, to get the X on this one, because I, but I do feel like it's, it's really important. I think offensive line begin uh, returns to play at the level they played with in the first six weeks last season. So, so offensive line plays at a high level then. So is your answer? Yeah. All right. Survey says. All right. That's number four. So actually, there's a lot of combinations with this. There's there's a lot of O-line health thrown in there. Um, there's a lot of return of the running game. So, mm-hmm. so I kind of mm-hmm. like mix that into, into together. Um, I do want to – so a, a tweet by uh, Seth Falcon. He actually says, you know, he says specific – Tyler Smith accelerating his progress and being an integral part of the O line this year, and I do think that that would be something that would be needed for you know talk about with with the offensive line uh, returning to you know dominant play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um... vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, they have to play better as a group. I think they have better health. And, and I, you know, I don't know if, you, I don't know if you're familiar. I, we talked about this a lot in the, like, late Wade Phillips, early Jason Garrett era about the offensive line. We talked about the O-ring theory, that the offensive line, I believe this applies to the secondary as well, is only as good as its weakest link. And so um, there's always going to be a weakest link. But, like, when the offensive line was really good, the weakest link was Doug Free, and everybody was, like, muttering under the breath how much he sucked. He was actually was a really good player. He just happened to be the weakest link that's on a, a really, really good offensive line. That's a good weakest right? link. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, the 2016, 2014, Doug Free is, is a damn fine player. If he's your weakest link, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. And so um, if Tyler Biotis, for example, is going to be their weakest link, that's fine, but he can't be bad, right? It, he just has to be the, the least good player. And if he, so if he, if he can, you know, continue his, his, his rise as a player, his development as a player, and he's the weakest link, then they're going to be fine. They're going to be in good shape. Yeah. And I do think the potential is there. It all, it all depends on that rookie though. I tell you what, I mean, if, what kind of impact he can have. And, uh, but if he turns out to be a mauler, like, you know, people are expecting, and that actually actually, starts to kind of affect even what Biotis is able to do. I mean, I could if I could see the Cowboys offensive line moving piles. I mean, it's it's not hard to envision. Dude, have you have you had a chance to go back and watch any of the games from the first some six seven weeks last year? Basically up until the Patriots game. Uh, I saw it, I yeah, but I was really more focused on what Terrence Steele and Lyle Collins, you know, was was going on. I mean, what Steele was doing. I was doing a lot of com- comparison between those two. Um, Got you. I, I think that's actually a worthy, that's a worthy endeavor. I mean, if you just watch, like their running game was awesome. And they were, you know, everything they were doing, they were just like this big gain after big gain after big gain. They were chewing people up. And then that just vanished. I mean, van- I know it did for, I know there were a variety of factors there, including Zeke's injury, you know, and, and things that ha- things were happening to the wide receiver core were, were making it easier to defend the run. But man, they were just getting huge chunk after huge chunk and they were always in I mean so so frequently in good down and distance after you know after first down um it was it was something to behold if they if they can get back to that and play like that for a year and even like you know do that against somebody in the playoffs that's when we're you know really going to be starting to yeah to cook with some with some some big time fire there i absolutely agree and so far rabs you've gotten two two out of the five already with no x's so you're you're on a roll now. You uh, let's just keep pressing your luck. Uh, what would be your right. next answer? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh, <laughs> throw up the X here because I, I think it's time to be funny. Mike McCarthy is replaced by Sean Payton. Okay, do we have a in season coaching change? <laughs> oh, no, that is not that did not make the list. Oh. But I tell you what. Good answer. Good answer. Good, all, all, good, the, all the other people good, on my family are like, good, good answer. answer. Good. Even though they know it's not, they're going to disown me. It's ter- yeah, you, you can see the look in the face. Like, mm-hmm. But uh, there, were, I will say that there were some answers that, I mean, calling for you know McCarthy being gone. So, I, I mean, you're, yeah. you're not alone in your thinking. No, I know. I know my, I know my fan base. Yeah, you know your fan. But it was a good guess. <laughs> and, you know, think, thanks for just, you know. Throwing one away there, because uh, yeah, no, that's yeah, sometimes you have to take a pitch. You know, it's going to be a strike. Um, okay, so next, so next one. Um, Micah Parson gets fifteen or more sacks. Okay, Parsons being a big playmaker. A survey says, actually, you got it. It's close enough. Uh, this one is going to. It's just be. This is a number three answer, and is 
the, the return of a doomsday defense. And of course, this is led by none other than Micah Parsons. So, and actually, you know what? So I have a tweet here that from Thomas Ferguson. He says, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and Sam Williams will be, will be unblockable. And the secondary will force opposing quarterbacks to hold the ball and take the sacks. So, I mean, I, that's a scenario I can see. I want, but I want to ask you, what do you think part, Micah has a shot at the to break the sack record? I think that's something that's... I mean, that, could, that would be a big storyline if uh, Cal, you know. Yeah, that would be a big storyline. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I think it's, I wouldn't bet, I, I wouldn't bet like something sizable against it because I think the thing that's unique about him, as long as they continue to play him this way, is that he can come from anywhere and he can, you know, he can find the little lane, he can use angles and it becomes really hard to block him because the typical sort of like um, pass off techniques and protocols for offensive linemen, they just can't do it fast enough when he's suddenly flashing across two gaps and, and, and hitting a hole. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's so, he's so quick. And then when he does get there, He's usually getting there against someone who's late to recover, who's a little bit off balance, and he's so powerful and he just explodes into them and right past them. And so if, if the Cowboys can continue to, to sort of send him from all kinds of different angles and move him around, I've, I've said for a year now that where his value really lies is, is him being the Troy Polamalu of linebackers, where he's, a, he's allowed to freelance a little bit because I think he's a smart enough player to freelance in, in an intelligent way and not um, expose the defense when he does. Um, but also just to come from all angles. I mean, the, the thing that was so intimidating about Paul Amalu was you just never knew what the hell he was going to do, but no matter what he did, it was going to be awesome. You know, it was so much fun to watch him play. And Parsons could be the same kind of guy. And, and Paul Amalu mostly played for you know, strong safety. He played close to the line of scrimmage because that's where he could be most effective in that regard. And I see a lot of similarities in terms of like a guy playing off, off ball and rushing from all kinds of different angles you know, going back into coverage, I, 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 I can see teams continuing to have trouble with that, even as they made him their number one focal yeah. uh, point in their weekly preparation, just because it's so hard to prepare for because he can come from so many angles. And especially if you allow, allow him to freelance, he's going to do crazy different weird stuff. Right. And, uh, and it's going to be really hard to prepare for. Right. Yeah. You know, what, you know, we're talking about range of outcomes right here, you know, and, and the, the the wide range of possibilities for the Cowboys, but I think that with with Micah Parsons too, and and I don't think it's like I don't think there's any any chance that he's going to be terrible. But I like you know you, you have a great year doesn't mean great career, and you don't necessarily know like we've seen with like Van Der Esch and like how he was strong out of the gate, and of course he had health issues. But um, like you know team will teams figure him out a little bit? Will the, will he kind of have a sophomore slump? I mean there's there's certain, certainly some possibilities where Parsons isn't great, but at the same time, I don't know if we've really thought hard enough about, like, what if he's just a terror? What if this guy is just really the next best thing on defense? And the, I mean, he. It, oh, that that'll be great. Yeah, be, they need that. Yeah, and it, I mean, that's that's certainly a possibility too. I don't think it's just like the Kool Aid talking. I really think, I mean, he had a a really phenomenal rookie year. You know, this guy's hungry. He. And uh, I mean, I mean, he's just getting started, you know. He he has Quinn there with him, and just to help him, just getting better and better. And um, mm -hmm. so, I mean, I I think that I mean it's it's number three answer, but I mean this could be this could be it. It could be just a par, Parsons could just completely demolish the league, and it just could be he could be just the storyline every week. So uh, well, I'll tell you what, if they if they win the Super Bowl, it's because because he has made uh, an elite level quarterback that they've faced late in the playoffs uh, uncomfortable to a degree that he hasn't been most or if not all of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that. That's how, that's what you do. You make the Brady's and Rogers of the world uncomfortable in ways that they haven't experienced. And that's when you have a fighting chance again. Yep. Them. And you don't, you don't, and you don't even have to do it all game, but we see, we saw the giants and Eagles do that in their improbable playoff runs in the last decade. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that the Cowboys have a lot of interesting, talented dudes on the defensive line. I think it's a really interesting group. It's a deep group, but that high-end guy who's going to be the one who, 
who can't, like transforms the way the team plays in a way that, that they didn't play during the regular season is going to be Parson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, now, now what, going to what you said, it's also possible that the, the league figures him out and, and, and teams find ways to, to neutralize him. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's more likely that he gets 17 or more sacks or seven or fewer sacks? Oh, man, that's such a good question. <laughs> because, I mean... Those, I tell you, I've chosen those numbers intentionally because they, you know those those yeah, are those are tough. No, ones. those are good. I, I mean, I, I just I, I would be, I, you know, I guess. Oh, brother, I, I feel like I'm being a homer here because I don't say there's. I don't just. I can't. I can't see him. What's going on if he's getting seven or? Is they're really doing? They're moving him around, and uh, now obviously these are with with full health. So obviously that's in this yes. hypothetical. Uh, it's really tough for me to imagine that happening. Um, so I guess if, like, if I had to push my, you know, chips one way or another, I would think, I think he might. I think I would pick make seventeen. I mean, I, I mean, I do. I think he's. I think he's that guy. I think that's what's, that's one of the things that's going to be so fascinating about this year because statistically, that's really really improbable. Right. Right. It's it's really improbable that a guy builds on the season that he had last year, which was this kind of, you know, miraculous season and, and, you know, goes even further. I mean, it does happen. It does happen. If, if he's going to be that guy, then he's going to do that. But there are so many, so many examples throughout history where a guy has a magical season, the league adapts and the following year he's pedestrian or, you know, yeah. or just merely, or just merely good. I think statistically so speaking, I, I think statistically yeah. I, I might bet just because statistics probably favor this. I might bet, the seven or under. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't feel, ha- I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. No, I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, statistically that's the, that's mm-hmm. the right play to just, um, man, but I'll tell you what. Emotionally, it's the, not the right play. No, it'd be fun to, it'd be fun to push the chips that way and just, you know, hold your breath and hope for that, hope for something like that to happen. Because I mean, he definitely, ha- he has it to, to do. I mean, you know, that's, he he's got his mindset on on doing just that, and I really think you know we've had we've talked about this before. We know they're going to use them in all different ways, but I just think that he's really going to end up being by the toward toward the end he's going to be, you, you know, one of the best edge rushers in the game. I just think it's he's too valuable, you know, to, at, when Logan reps there to, you know, to play too much. I mean, we we may not see him do much of anything else. 2023 is what I'm saying because of the impact he'll have in that position yeah. on that. That's, that's my thinking anyway, with, with this guy. Yeah. yeah I mean, every third and 11 he drops back in coverage is a third and 11 that you've just yeah, you know, wasted. Well, you do. Supreme yeah, talent. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. So you got three of them already. You might clear the board. Yeah. Yeah, I might. Uh, let's go with, okay. Can, can I ask you a question? Did, did you lump Tyron Smith's health into the uh, offensive line playing better question? You know what? No, it's just no. I did not. Okay. I, um... All right. So I, I'm going to go ahead and, and say uh, a year of good health from Tyron Smith. A year of good health from Tyron Smith. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. Well, I mean, you could say the whole offensive line, but I think it's. I mean, for to me, it, it's that he's the one who, when he goes down every year, everything just kind of goes from a boil to a simmer all right so you, you just know, so you're basically just saying stay healthy and do nothing that you don't need anything else just good health there stay healthy man stay healthy dude all right well let's see what the survey says survey says you know what that is the number one answer so it's <laughs> it is oh look at me it's not specific to tyrant Smith, but we know we know he's the guy we'll be watching um but to my my thinking here, and you, well, you know, I think you would agree, is that the Cowboys, you know, if if they can if they can stay healthy, you know, they don't have bad bad luck in the health department, and you know what, they don't do anything, they don't. I think there there are already a team that could do it, and we've talked about this already. There are, you know, if they just can have some good good fortune and. Um, and just play the way that they're able to play. I don't think that we need to see anything miraculous to happen. And the tweet that goes along with this from Nathan, he says, 
even with an arguably worse lineup, if our offense can be as creative and unique the entire season as they were those few amazing games last season, we'll win. Nothing else has to change. And, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I think that the Cowboys don't have to have, like, a huge storyline. It could just be stay healthy, do nothing. Right. So. And, and you know, I, it's interesting because, you know, m- so many people on Cowboys Twitter, you know, in our, in our, in our little Twitter sphere here uh, are saying, oh, the Cowboys took a step back. Oh, the Cowboys clearly don't care about 2022 um, they're not trying, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. It, it's, it's obvious from their behavior that they're looking toward 2023. And I think that's not true at all. I think actually they look at how many young players they have and think every one of these guys is going to get better. Yeah. And collectively we are going to be a better team. So, so why get a bunch of progress stoppers in here? Uh, we have talent at every position. Um, we have, you know, we have either quality starting or up and coming talent at every position we don't need to do that much. Right. And, and I, I think that the cow and they, they may be utterly and absolutely wrong, but I think the Cowboys front office sees the young talent this team has and says, let's just let them develop and play. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So, so speaking, speaking of um, young talent, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, let me take a couple of stabs here at the, so I'm still, I still need the number five answer. You got one yeah. left, the number five answer. Yes. It's the last one. Um, actually, I'm going to say um, the Cowboys have a significant, uh, a, a, a sort of significant enough positive turnover differential. Okay, let's see. Survey says, ah, no, that is not one of the answers. So that that should that should of course be the number one answer. You know what? It, it's I mean that would be a storyline. Yeah, I mean because I think we are all expecting things to just plummet. I mean, uh, you know, cause mm-hmm. just because of, you know, math just, but um, right. I could totally. Yeah, statistically there's, there should regress to the mean in terms of turnover differential. Yeah. But it's possible that we, it, it doesn't drop mm-hmm. so badly. And, um, and I actually, you know, wrote about this last week and um, talked about the Cowboys actually have some other things going for them on defense, you know, stat wise that, are in their favor too. So it's not like they're just living and dying with the turnovers. Um, so I, I think that I, I, I think they'll survive this, this regression to the mean thing. I mean, I, we know it's all, it's coming. We don't know to what extent. Remember we're not too, too long ago. And this cowboy, this team was just terrible. The were, turnovers were just never, they just, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and then I'll cut and now we're number one. Are you kidding me? So that's, that's crazy. So, I mean, we know what the other side looks like in, could it go back to that? Uh, you know, I mean, but I would say probably there would be more somewhere in the middle is, is what I would expect. It. But that's what, you know, that's what everyone should mm-hmm. expect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that did not make the list, Rab. So you got, that's your second X. I got two strikes. So two I'm, strikes. that's basically, I'm a, I have a three, two count now. Um, uh, I'm going to say CD Lamb balls out and helps them forget the loss of Amari Cooper. Okay, CD balls out. Survey says, oh, that did not make the list. But I tell you what, Rad. Oh, that everybody, everybody says, ooh. If, if this was just the fans doing it, you would have. This would have been it, and game over. Do you take home the prize? Because of the, there were a lot of mentions of of Lamb, um, and uh, you know what? That's um, that's a good answer too. I mean, uh, yeah, good answer, good answer. Uh, uh, but I, 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 I do, uh, yeah. But it didn't make it didn't make my list. It didn't make the Danny Phantom. No, because I, I saved this last spot, um, just because it's actually kind of odd. I got a lot of answers that was actually you know pushing pushing um, bad things on the Joneses, and uh, you know some of them mm. were 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 kind of morbid, and uh, you know they you know just think the Cowboys won't win with with the Joneses there. Um, I will say so. Jones' cell team, Jerry dies, those kinds of things. Yeah, death to Jerry was a lot of them. So actually, mm. the number five answer: Jerry Jones is eaten by piranhas. So I'll just <laughs> at, at least that person was a little creative with with their responses. But and there is another answer too that's a little creative too, and it's um uh, this one's from Philip Fisher. He says Jones family sent to start new colony on Mars. 
give up the Dallas Cowboys operations to Elon Musk in exchange for all the Martian mineral rights. Musk assigns primetime to run football operations. So that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best idea. If anybody, I mean, that would be, that would be, I guarantee you that would be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, so so but, I just, uh, I, that's, that's, that, that's, I, I love that. And, you know, I have to say, that was my other choice. <laughs> other choice. Uh, it, was, it was either CD Lamb or that one. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think your choice was a better choice and, and more likely to happen because we know that, you know, Yes, Jones is on his yacht a lot, but I mean the chances of you know piranhas get him is not not going to right. happen. He's, so he's he's not yachting on the Amazon too frequently. Yeah. So anyway, that's the end of that's the end of the feud. Good uh good try. You know you came short of the money, Rab. Sorry to say. Uh, but we want to pl- go just quickly touch on the other end of the spectrum, and we want to talk about uh you know what is the biggest concern you have for the Cowboys mm-hmm. or like. What could just like really? What do you think would just derail it? I, I want to like exclude health because that's we know that's always the answer. Um, but I mean, like, what, like, what would I'm I'm asking you? What would leave the worst taste in your mouth? Obviously, the Cowboys don't make the playoffs, and it was a bad season. But you're leaving leaving the 2022 season feeling really really bad. So, now, so what happened for that for that to be the case? Do you? Can you think of anything that would just like really like this is this is well, yeah, I mean, I can think of several things. I, I think that um, but some of them are things that I'm sort of thinking are going to happen anyway. So and, and, they, and we've touched on them. I, I think um, if they have a negative turnover differential, uh, if they have a, a significant regression to the mean in terms of their ability to generate turnovers on defense, um, if everybody stays healthy, um, then then I think the thing that I mean, you know, those things are probably going to be, they're probably going to happen this year. So the team has to play better to, to be as good as it, as it was last year, I think. And I, and I think that's what the team expects. I think the team expects that with a full off season, with the development of, I mean, a significant part of their roster was brought in in the last couple of years. Um, and I think they really feel like those guys are getting ready to blossom. Um, to me, the thing that would be most frustrating, like where I'd leave the season just being the, really irked would be, if they continued to play the way they did in the last month or so, um, and I'm not talking about when they went and molly waddled, you know, uh, um, Washington or um, yeah, the, the, the Washington football team. I'm talking about the way they played in the playoffs, the way they played against the Cardinals, the way they played against, you know, some of those uh, against Kansas city and, um, and the Raiders, you know, they just, and they just weren't particularly, explosive on offense some there i mean there were some games they scored okay but they just weren't particularly explosive on offense or particularly effective on offense and ultimately to me the big problem last year is that the cowboys committed one of the cardinal sins which is that in the second half of the season they were boring like they weren't they weren't that good they weren't that much fun to watch. I mean, I was invested in the games, obviously. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm a very, very virulent Cowboy fan. But, like, the offense was just kind of moribund, and they were kind of a dull team to watch. Even when they were even when they were winning big, they, they, they just kind of were, you know, they were methodical, but they just weren't that, they weren't that fun. Um, and that, that's, I think, what would frustrate me, is, it, is if they were just kind of dull. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, if they lose, if they lose in, in fantastic fashion, I'll be like, yeah, so that's the luck of the draw that happens. I understand that luck, you know, is a huge factor in this game. But if they're like just sort of unable to to not be boring, I think I will. That will that's the thing that will frustrate me the most. Yeah, I think kind of along those lines, just like what would even make you know make me feel even sicker is if, and I you know I, I hate even saying this because. Nobody wants to hear it, and I don't want to bring about that. I don't want to fuel, you know, a narrative that I'm not. I don't subscribe to. But if like Prescott actually started not playing well, like mm, we, yeah, 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 we saw we, you know, uh, to me, I'm, I'm check talking that off as to mental, like with the shoulder, with the injury and everything. You know, you uh, there was a, a clear difference in how he played, um, you know, post injury and pre. You know, everything was was night and day. And, um, so, I mean, I expect him to be fully healthy with everything and, you know, 
I think the the psyche will be there too. But I mean, there's no guarantees that we get the old Prescott back. We don't know. And uh, like, what if Amari losing Amari is a bigger bigger problem? You know, like you know we. And so I mean, I guess if we, if the Cowboys fell short, the offense struggled, and then we have this forty million dollar quarterback that all of a sudden there's a lot of questions. Yeah, that would yeah. probably be the 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 worst scenario for me. Um, yeah, I mean, like living in Philadelphia, I, I with glee was able to to watch and listen to Philadelphia fans realize that Carson Wentz isn't actually good. Yeah, you know, and I want to, yeah, um, I want to maybe be clear. So this is a similar sort of thing where you suddenly realize, oh my God, this is it, and in fact, we've just invested in a guy who's mediocre. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting like the jury is still out on Prescott. It's it's in with me. I, I've seen. I've, I'm I'm bought in with Dak. I know I know he's mm-hmm. a great player, but at the same time, I also know that. He didn't play well toward the end of last year, and there's no guarantee that that's that he will. And I, I still I expect him to, but I mean, we just you know it's certainly a possibility. And if you're from no, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, we don't. Yeah, this is going to be a real test of. I mean, I believe that he'll bounce back because I believe in the young man. But I think you're right that that that, that would be the most disappointing because. I mean, what's the first question? What's the first answer I, I gave you during the the feud? It was that, that Dak has a transcendent year, right? right? And, and so we are relying on that as as a sort of given in all of our assessments and, and assumptions about the Cowboys and what they're capable of. Yeah, and, then, and if suddenly and suddenly that's not accurate, man, we have to reassess everything. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback's the most important position. We all know that and everything, and is he gets the most credit and the most blame and but that's just that's that's because he has the most influence and certainly if something is gone awry in that area that's really bad i mean it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. teams are, have been held back and haven't you know you know gotten over humps because of that varies i mean look at what the rams it's like they they recognized it and then it's like and then like you know if you're going after matthew stafford he's not like you know we're not talking about the one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now you but it's important. So if you go to somebody, if you could just upgrade to the, to that model, you know, you mm-hmm. could do look, you could do good things. So, yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that would be my answer. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we uh, covered, I think that's we covered yeah. the cover, the range. Um, anything else you got for today, Rabs? You want to? No, I guess only that I'm a little surprised. I mean, I guess you did talk about this, you know, when we talked about like the, that the offensive, the offensive line plays better or, or the, you know, the running game starts to, starts to go again. But I am a little surprised that people didn't identify the running game as, as something that would be a factor if they have a successful season, well, because it was, it's, it was so integral to their success, um, you know, up until the New England game. Yeah, it did. There was a lot of comments with that. A lot, a lot of them were like Pollard and so takes over RB one. You know, no, that's actually what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, but but it was all mixed in with the running, the uh, the offensive line, and the, and so those things were. I mean, if they can get if they can get twelve to fourteen weeks of of you know week two through five Zeke or whatever that whatever that period was when he was right. I mean, if you could go back and look at him again, he was as quick as he's been since he was a rookie. Right. Yeah. You know his his ability his ability to, to sort of cut and be explosive out of cuts. We haven't seen that from him in, in a while. And it was really, it was really nice to see until he got hurt. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's definitely going to be a big factor as well. Um, all right. Well, that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the blog and voice podcast network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, anything you're watching in training camp, or, you know, what do you agree with the Cowboys beat America's team? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24, and Rabs is at Rabble Rouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez, and Sunday we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check those out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Last dismissed. 
Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.